Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Craig Schaup here with our New York City film critic, Bob Garver. If Bob Garver is here, that means we are talking movies. And Bob, we have quite a few to talk about here. We just uh, passed the Thanksgiving holiday. And obviously, uh, in the movie world, Thanksgiving holiday is a big movie release week. Uh, a couple of big ones, but we will talk first about uh, one movie that came out prior to the Thanksgiving release weekend, and that being the maybe not very necessary sequel, The Hunger Games is back after quite a few years away. Of course, uh, the Jennifer Lawrence franchise did very well at the box office, um, although I will say from my personal perspective, I think the uh, the last two probably lost a little bit of steam from the first two. Not sure what you thought about the initial franchise, but we are back with a prequel. Bob, were you uh, hungry for more Hunger Games? Um, I was not. Um, I don't think. I don't think too many people were. I don't think there were a lot of people clamoring for a, a Hunger yeah. Games prequel, and definitely not one um, without uh, without Jennifer Lawrence. Right. Um, and yet, and yet, this movie uh, managed to have a pretty dominant performance over okay. Thanksgiving weekend, uh, winning both its its opening weekend and the the holiday weekend uh, yeah. retention there, um, despite uh, not making more than a hundred million dollars yet, uh, right. even even in total. Uh, but uh, this is an origin story for uh, Coriolanus Snow, the evil president from the Hunger Games. Uh, it follows his days as a uh, as a mentor uh, to a um, tribute from District Twelve, uh, you know, which was eventually Katniss's uh, Katniss's district, right? But uh, it's uh, it's better than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, better better than I thought it would be. Um, there's actually a uh, a really long third act that has nothing to do with the Hunger Games, uh, following his uh, mil uh, following Snow's military service, uh, following his his performance in the Hunger Games. Okay. Um, and it moves along at a pretty tight pace. Um, you do feel its its length at times, but yeah. it's not. Uh, it's 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 a little more exciting than I thought it would be. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, um, I don't think I needed to to see this uh, at all. I don't think, you know, anybody was really screaming for this movie. Um, it it did well, maybe due to a lack of competition. But I don't think anybody's really over the moon for this movie. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a pretty unnecessary sequel or prequel in this case, um, especially at least more than, what, five or six years or seven years since the last uh, Jennifer Lawrence-led uh, franchise, which, again, I think was probably... The first two were probably really good that I remember, and then the last two were just kind of overstuffed and, and probably under-delivered on some of the uh, intrigue that maybe the first two might have set up. Well, at least at least this one actually has the Hunger Games. The third and fourth movies didn't didn't have a Hunger Games. That is correct. Yes, you are correct there. Um, were you a fan of the initial, uh, I guess it would be the, not a trilogy, but four, the four Hunger Games films? I, I didn't really. I wasn't really. Um, I knew that Jennifer Lawrence was rising, but she was she was doing better movies at the time, like Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. And I felt like this was, like they were just kind of keeping her from doing better work. Yeah, yeah. 
absolutely. I, I, I agree there. It did help grow her star power, obviously. And she's obviously since had a great career uh, after that. But um, what's your final grade here for this sequel uh, or prequel, I should say, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? I gave it a C minus in my print review. I probably should have given it given it more of a C. It makes it makes a little bit more of an effort than I thought it would. Okay. I thought it was just going to be like basically this this knockoff, and it's it has a few more interesting ideas than that. But ultimately, I give it a C minus. Okay. Well, uh, another uh, pretty anticipated Thanksgiving release was Napoleon. So uh, Ridley Scott. Back in the director's chair at 86 or 87 years old, still kind of plugging along with a pretty illustrious career. Um, this time he reteams with Joaquin Phoenix 23 plus years later since Gladiator to tell the uh, the story of Napoleon, the great French conqueror. Is this uh, a, a worthy Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix project or does it fall flat for you? I mean, this is exactly what you expect from a from a Ridley Scott Napoleon movie. Um, you know, long, very, very long. Uh, a lot of battle scenes, um, some of which are are particularly brutal. Uh, but but there are so many battle scenes at the end. I was actually done with the battle scenes. Um, you know, I watched the bat the Battle of Waterloo and was nodding off. And then there's a scene of him eating breakfast the next morning, and I was able to get through that fine. Okay, well, um, it, you know, it, it does sound like this movie, which had probably a lot of expectations. You've got Ridley Scott, Joaquin Phoenix. You've got a biopic. Uh, the Academy always loves biopics. And, of course, Ridley Scott, Joaquin Phoenix teaming up. But this it's one's... Lot, it's like, a, sorry, it's an, awful, it's an awful lot like The Last Duel, if, if you saw that, which mm. I know a lot of people didn't. But right, yes. um, a, lot, a lot of same uh, format uh, format stuff. Yeah, it just seems like this is going to be lost in the shuffle. This is a a holiday release that was, you know, positioned as a potential box office success, which it's probably done better box office than I thought. I thought this movie would actually flop. I just didn't really see that big, you know, Napoleon's a well-known figure in, in history, but I kind of looked at it like, well, there's other options like The Hunger Games, Wish, which we'll be talking about, and just other options for moviegoers. But it actually has done fairly well for an R-rated action epic. and uh, But it just seems like this is probably one of those movies that's going to fall short of Oscar contention in, in many categories, maybe aside from costume, I guess. But um, it just seems like this is a, a rare, not a, a rare misfire, but just a, a misfire from Ridley Scott, given the teaming up with Joaquin Phoenix, the classic biopic, Oscar bait that comes with that. It just looks like this is probably destined to not be thought of years from now or even months from now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely uh, comes off as failed Oscar bait outside of the uh, technical categories. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I was impressed that it managed to be number two. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, yeah. over uh, some of the other family friendly movies that we'll be yeah. talking about soon. Yeah, and it's trending close to 100 million worldwide. So that again, I really thought that this would be one of those, you know, 15, 20 million dollar domestic takes, and and maybe it might do a little bit better across, you know, in Europe, overseas, maybe. But yeah, it just kind of seems like a, a a failed, you know, the movie. And I have not seen it yet, but it does kind of remind me. It gave me a lot of Alexander vibes from Oliver Stone 
which was one of those Thanksgiving releases that I was excited for, but it kind of fell flat and just really didn't tell a very good biopic story of a historical figure. This kind of gave me that same vibes as I was watching the trailers and kind of a disappointment because you've got great filmmaker and Ridley Scott and of course, a very talented actor in, in Joaquin Phoenix and a great cast as well, uh, Vanessa Kirby and, you know, Rupert Everett. So there's, a, you know, there's a lot of well-known cast members here that uh, it just seems like it was kind of a, a failed experiment, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Uh, final grade here for Napoleon. Uh, I had to give this one a C- minus as well, okay. uh, just because I was feeling it's like so much. Yes. Well, hopefully, uh, I, I am glad that you were able to uh, not fall asleep while he was eating breakfast, but uh, <laughs> falling asleep while while the gore and battle of uh, Waterloo uh, was going on. So we know we know what Bob uh, we know what holds Bob interest right now. I guess right. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, this next one held your interest. Uh, we've talked a lot over the last couple of years about the Disney Pixar studios and and just. Uh, some of the misfires they've had on the Pixar side here. We're back with Disney, which is a normal, you know, yearly release around the holiday season, Thanksgiving season. This year we have wish kind of coming in under the radar a little bit. It hasn't gotten a lot of publicity and it did not do overly well at the box office um, as I'm sure Disney was hoping it would, but it has not. Um, tell us a little bit about wish and what your thoughts are on the movie. Yeah, I mean, I really thought this was going to be the number one movie over Thanksgiving weekend, and it, it came in yeah. third behind um, Napoleon and the second weekend of, of Hunger Games. Yeah, but um, it's their latest. Uh, it's their latest musical, uh, starring uh, Ariana DeBose and Chris Pine. Um, there's this uh, Ariana DeBose plays this girl in a uh, kingdom where the king can grant wishes, um, but uh, but he refuses to grant a lot of them, and that. Uh, Gets them both in a lot of trouble. What you know? Uh, it's, what, it's a musical, and I'm sure it has a lot of songs that you know they thought might be the next, uh, the next "Let It Go" or the next "We Don't Talk About Bruno." Yeah, and just, just so much about it doesn't work. I mean, I found enough to enjoy that I would that that I'm gonna um, raise it up to a C, right. but. Boy, there's a, there's a lot about this movie that that misfires uh, from its confusing world building to its wordy songs. Um, the voice actors are are putting a lot of effort into it, uh, and and I liked a lot of the jokes. But yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot about this movie that doesn't work, and it's at least the second movie in a row um, that uh, that that just doesn't work for Disney. What do you think the uh, the issue is here for for Disney? I mean, what's what's sort of missing? I mean, it seems like they they're missing some of that magic that they once had, especially on the Pixar side. I know we've talked a lot about Pixar, uh, but here at the Disney side, it's it seems like you know Encanto was 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 very entertaining. Um, I think we both love Moana, but you know we're talking years ago that you know movies like that have come out so. It just seems like this this annual excitement that, you know, around Thanksgiving time when Disney would release their latest, it just, it's not very exciting anymore. I mean, what are your thoughts on on Disney and, and sort of where they are right now as a studio? Um, they, I think they've maybe gotten complacent uh, because this, this seems like a mashup of a lot of other 
not exactly princess because because Debose's character isn't a, is more of a peasant than a princess, but a lot of these types of magical kingdom movies, it just seems like a, a mashup of them without any of uh, the elements that made them really memorable. Right. Well, and obviously a movie about a musical should obviously have that that really great song like you mentioned with Let It Go and all these other classic hits from Disney. And it sounds like there isn't just anything like that in a movie like this. Is that no, fair to they, say? Um, it seems like they... It seems like when they do um, their animated movies, they kind of go all in on on one songwriter. Uh, you know, with Lion King, it was Elton John. Um, they, they've yeah. used Phil Collins in the past, Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, yeah. This time, it's it's uh, Julia Michaels. Okay, I'm not sure I know um, who that is. Uh, she's a pop singer. I for, I don't know off the top of my head what. Um, it seems I seem to recall her being responsible for a hit a few years ago, but I don't remember which one specifically. Okay. Um, and I don't I don't think this is this is, format suits her very well. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, Disney and Pixar or at least one of them can find some magic here. Although I did I do remember I, I did like Elemental, um, but again it, it just seems like box office wise they've struggled and. Uh, I think that's why you're probably seeing a lot more sequels being churned out here in the coming years. I know there's Inside Out 2 coming out next year. So I think uh, right now they're both kind of grasping at straws, trying to figure out a way to to make those quality movies like they once did with Ratatouille and Wall-E and other movies, and but still make some box office and, and make it uh, make sense for the bottom line. But uh, yeah, but but Strange World didn't do too well. No, it um, did not. Oh, yeah, that was a. And I, a I think I think this kind of continues in the the strain of yep. that. Yep, and that was last year's Thanksgiving release was Strange World, and that yeah. no one saw that. No, maybe fewer people than the last duel saw that. I guess I don't know. It was a very limited release, uh, limited box office take for Disney on that. Yeah. Well, another animated option, uh, Trolls Band Together, um, as another sequel here. Uh, Trolls Band Together. Bob, is your Trolls fandom at the height at, at its highest peak now? Um, I think my Trolls fandom was at its highest peak in the at the first movie because okay. the first movie um, had some nice dark humor to it. Okay, and. Um, I think I think they really kind of knew what they wanted to do, and the, and the sequels have been increasingly watered down, okay. Um, by by trying to make more family friendly gags, um, and this one, I, I give it the same review as as Wish. I give it a C. Um, I had I had lower expectations for this one, so right. I'm I'm less disappointed by it. Um, the the premise is that the uh, character voiced by Justin Timberlake. Um, has to go find the other members of the the boy band uh, that he uh, was a part of uh, when he was a baby, uh, and they have to reunite for an adventure. And uh, you can tell that there was a point where they originally wanted the other members of of InSync to voice the other members of this band, um, but then maybe they realized that uh, the other members of InSync couldn't carry a movie, so they got, they brought in other actors. They brought in uh, Eric Andre. Okay. In, um, I think David Diggs is one of them. Um, they brought in other actors, and then at the end, we find out that uh, that he joined another boy band, and then these characters are the are the other members of InSync. Okay. 
Well, um, I kind of forgot that there was a, another sequel, I think in 2020. Um, so I, I, I've not kept up on my, my trolls knowledge here, but, um, you know, is this worthy of seeing? I mean, obviously it's not for every audience, but you know, will kids probably enjoy? Yeah. Kids will probably enjoy it. Okay. It's, it's not, uh, it's not a tremendous movie and, um, I, I call it junk food cause, cause all the, you'll, you'll probably, if you're a parent, you probably notice all they eat is like cake and fries and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I describe it as a movie and, and, you know, thematically as far as its subject matter. Okay. Well, um, obviously we've, uh, had a, a pretty, uh, diverse pool of movies so far, but, uh, I guess if you're in the mood for some horror with your uh, Thanksgiving leftovers or your uh, holiday cheer on the way, uh, we have our last movie, which is uh, Thanksgiving. This is the latest from Eli Roth, who, you know, um, he's a director. He directs movies, although I think his, uh, for me, his best claims to fame are probably being uh, secondary actors in Quentin Tarantino movies. But uh, yeah. Eli Roth is back at it, and this time... Now, I want to ask, because I don't really know this, I, I don't know a whole lot about this particular movie other than it's a horror genre movie, but I was doing some research, and I saw that Eli Roth directed a short film, Thanksgiving, and he directed the trailer called Thanksgiving for the Grindhouse movies that Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez worked on years ago. Is this that project come to fruition? Yes, that's uh, that's what this is. Yeah, it, and Grindhouse they played some fake trailers yes. um, before and between uh, the uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino movies. This was one of them. Um, another was another was Machete, uh, which yes. got spun off into two full length yeah. movies yeah. Uh, from Robert Rodriguez and Danny Trejo. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, this is the second of the yeah. of the Grindhouse trailers turned into a movie, and it's. It's okay. I laughed at enough of it to, to give it a C, a solid C. But um, it's uh, it's it's definitely trying to be a takeoff on uh, Halloween and Black Christmas. Okay. Well, you know, I think sometimes when you it's for for horror movies. I think sometimes tone matters, and sometimes when you when you take the deep dive and go all in on 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 satire or you know, making it funny while also being gory. Sometimes I think it's better than just kind of playing it straight, right? I mean, I don't know how you think about horror movies. I'm not a big horror horror genre fan, so maybe that's why I, I kind of come from it that way. But, um, you know, you said you, you kind of laughed a little bit. I mean, is that uh, is yeah. that what kind of horror you enjoy? I mean, do you enjoy just the straight up, it's going to tell a, a straight narrative and this is going to be a bunch of gore, blood and guts, or do you like that kind of balance of tone? I like I like some I like a lot of humorous horror movies. I mean the the menu from last year I really liked. Yeah. Um, the Scream movies I really like, and and you know they're famously a balance of comedy and horror. Right. This one I wish had taken a few more uh, risks as far as humor. I mean we get some we get some funny lines. We get some you know over the top Thanksgiving related kills. Yep. But aside from that, I wish it had. Um, embrace the humor a little bit more because I think it plays it straight a little too much. And I don't think that that, that works to its benefit. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, a, a, not a huge box office return so far, but $25 million domestically, a few extra million internationally. So 
probably not a movie that uh, costs a lot to produce, and, and maybe uh, we'll see some more of the uh, spinoffs of, tra- of fake trailers. I know, uh, I think the, the one I always remember from Grindhouse was that Don't or whatever, where they just kept saying Don't. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't remember what it exactly is uh, now, even though I did watch Death Proof the other day, uh, just because why not, you know, watch yeah. Kurt Russell do his thing. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, Eli Roth is one of those. You kind of see talent, though, in him, I think. is, is Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's that's the thing with him is that, you know, it's he's kind of got that in him and you just want to see it unlocked. And maybe it needs to be unlocked in a different way. But I can see why he, he continues to get jobs because I think he does have some skill. And I think that, um, you know, he's still a young director and, and maybe it's just about finding the right project at the right time for a guy like him. I actually like the, uh, the foray he did in the kids movies a few years ago with uh, the house with the clock in its walls. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, that, yeah, that was a big departure for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that the talent is there and, you know, I know he, he probably prefers a certain, genre right now i know he's got borderlands coming out which is a video game adaptation which you know will probably fit more into his horror and you know blood and guts kind of thing but you know the house with the clock in its walls is is a, is a good example of that i think with him and you know we'll see kind of how things go for him moving forward but you know he's still i, I still see some talent in there and i think that you know it's for him it's probably just about getting the right project with the right writers and the right producers and and maybe, uh, you know, he likes to work with Quentin Tarantino. Maybe Tarantino can uh, impart some wisdom on him and, uh, you know, take him to the next level. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I, I think, well, yeah, I guess uh, I guess either Rodriguez or, or Roth could be considered the heir apparent to, to Tarantino. Well, I don't know if I'd say heir apparent, but because the skill level just isn't quite... Yeah up to the Tarantino level, but I know what you mean though, as far yeah. as, you know, being as that, far as, uh, as far as him, him taking them under his wing. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, not a great week of movies for Bob, but uh, what do you have coming up next week? Um, Renaissance, the Beyonce movie. Um, also yeah. maybe uh, Godzilla minus one. Also maybe uh, silent night. The new from uh, the new one from John Woo. Okay. Now I've heard that Silent Night is a silent movie. Is that? I mean, have you heard that too? I think they. I think they play music, but I don't think but it's, it's largely. It's largely dialogue. Dialogue free. lists. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting it's decision. Just my there. misunderstanding. Okay. All right, Bob. Well, as always, we always appreciate talking to you about movies. We hope that uh, this weekend we'll have a little bit better movie uh, movie watching experience for you, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Thank you for having me. This is the highlight of my week.